Good morning. It is Friday, August 14th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. And look, if there's a possible player mutiny at Florida State, we're going to have Josh Newberg on the podcast. So let's welcome in Josh. Josh, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, it's you have had quite the day, haven't you? I made it. Um, but you never know what you're going to wake up to on a Thursday morning, Trey. And this morning started as a lot of mornings do with an early morning Knowles 24-7 podcast. We began at 8.30 a.m. We were ready to wrap it up. Brendan was signing off at 9.15, and Chris Nee said, hold on, because Warren Thompson just dropped a note. <laughs> and, of course, wide receiver Warren Thompson um, put out a letter on Instagram and Twitter, and this came the morning after fellow wide receiver DJ Matthews tweeted that he had tested positive for COVID. And he basically expressed concern that he didn't feel safe within FSU's football program. Mm. That's, that's not good. Josh, it felt like the way this was unraveling on Thursday mm-hmm. morning, it felt like we were headed toward the worst case scenario. And all's well now, it feels like. you know The ACC is moving forward with football. They announced that today. The presidents did. But this was nearly a catastrophe where you have players speaking out about not feeling safe in regards to COVID. And that comes on the heels of the last time you and I spoke two months ago or so when Marvin Wilson you know, called out Coach Mike Norvell for his response to the racial injustice, uh, racial justice movement. And so I got to ask you, like, when you guys are getting ready for Mike Norvell's Zoom teleconference to talk about all of this and you're seeing Twitter blow up, did you sort of think this could this could be it? This could be the end of this? Yes, because right now there is definitely a portion of the national media that's looking to latch on to a story like this and kind of amplify it to the masses. Absolutely. Um, Warren Thompson wasn't at practice today. I think this is more of an in-house issue with FSU again, where – there's a communication breakdown. I mean, Mike Norvell can say whatever he wants to say in terms of them being transparent and them communicating with the staff. But for whatever reason, these players are taking to Twitter before they go and inform the coaching staff of some of their concerns. Even though this has died down, it did, yes. To answer your question, yes. It felt like we were nearing that point where the Big Ten got to, you know, that precipice Mm -hmm. where like, oh, Football might not happen. Um, But I also think there is a a swift answer from a lot of key players on Florida State's roster. Jaden Lars Woodby came out and kind of just tweeted in support of the FSU training staff and said that he felt very safe. So maybe it was a a, a subtweet towards the the Warren Thompson response, but also Marvin Wilson. Um, Marvin Wilson led, like you said, the player-led boycott just two months ago, early June. He came out and said, let's play football. He had, a, he had a longer message than that, but he at the end he said, let's play some football. Um, I think there is a swift answer from the, the leaders at Florida State, and it got things back on track fairly quickly. But it was a tumultuous, oh, 10, 12 hours in Tallahassee. Yeah, and I saw when I went to bed. Still could be. Yeah. And, and still could be. I saw when I went to bed Wednesday night that DJ Matthews had, had tweeted he had COVID and then deleted it. And I, I was like, oh, man, this is this is the last thing that any program that's trying to have football right now or any conference can have is like this a drama around the coronavirus. How did Mike Norvell 
handle it Thursday with his Zoom teleconference? And do you think he did a good job? And what did he say that maybe alleviated some concerns? I think he did a good job. That being said, I also have listened to Mike Norvell speak quite a bit since he's been at Florida State, and he seems to really have an answer for everything. Ooh. And granted, he he learned of the news walking off of the football field. He sat in front of the Zoom cameras, still sweating from the football field. So he probably didn't have – he definitely didn't have time to reach out to Warren Thompson to clarify what, what Warren was speaking on. And he probably didn't have a whole lot of time to just process what Warren Thompson was accusing the, the, the program of. So he didn't have a whole lot of answers. It just kind of, he, he, he harped on the fact that they've been very open and transparent throughout the process. He made that clear, but it just doesn't make sense on why a, pros, a, a player like Warren Thompson would take to social media. So I don't know if you can necessarily blame him in this one, but it is an, another ugly situation for Florida State. How far back does this go? Is this still a Jimbo Fisher thing? Well, I think some of the players on the team have been through three co- three coaches now. Some of these players have had three coaches. Um, they trusted Jimbo Fisher when they signed. These are players that signed with Jimbo Fisher, and then he bolted. Um, the only ones left on the team because it's been three, four years now. So yeah, trust is an issue with some of these guys. And even though they they came out and said after the Marvin Wilson fiasco that they're in, they're all in line and they do trust, this clearly shows that not everybody on the team trusts the system in place to go talk to the coaching staff and express your concerns there. Some players feel the need still to go to social media. So I think that does show that there's still work to be done in the culture that Mike Norvell's trying to cultivate at FSU. Yeah, I just had absolute deja vu when I asked you that because I realized I did two months ago and you made that really good point about like Marvin Wilson signed with with Jimbo Fisher. I, I don't envy Mike Norvell trying to change a team's culture in an off season of a quarantine. Like how he probably doesn't even know most of these guys. Like this is this is gonna be really tough. Trey, I don't envy Mike Norvell because he came to Florida State after a disastrous tenure from Willie Taggart. He already had an uphill climb. Take, he had no idea that he was about to face a pandemic and a, a, a social you know, unrest as well to deal with during the summer and all of this craziness with the elections coming up. Like this was Mike Norvell got dealt a really tough hand at Florida State and he's just going to have to play out. of it. OK, you mentioned the elections. I totally forgot. Politics might be involved here, too. Governor Ron DeSantis was in Tallahassee was he, like on Tuesday or something. They had a, a Florida State roundtable press conference. Was that, I saw that right, right? You saw that right. It's part (laughs) of the circus down here in Florida. And what happened was I put up the thread on the front page of Knowles 24-7 at about 10 a.m. saying that um, Mike Norvell would be speaking at 11.30 and Knowles 24-7 would have live updates. Chris Nee texts me at 10.40 saying, Josh, take it down. Press conference canceled. So I take it down. Five minutes later, Brendan Sinone says, we got an email. And Ron DeSantis and President Thrasher of FSU are speaking with uh, Mike Norvell and some players at a roundtable. Mm. Media is invited because originally it was just a Zoom, you know, the typical Zoom press conference that we get after every practice. Media was actually invited to this event. Um, it was, let's just say from knowing what we know, it wasn't an FSU athletics deal. Um, they certainly didn't know about it because the regular press conference was on up until about 45 minutes prior to, and then it was off. And then, it, you know, and so 
it was also kind of odd that Ron DeSantis, I thought, picked up the mic first and started speaking inside of FSU's indoor facility. Um, he didn't even, nobody really even introduced him. Uh, he just kind of <laughs> started speaking just like he would at some of his press conferences that he does around the state during uh, the pandemic. So I definitely think FSU athletics platform was used a bit um, to push I don't know if an agenda or just a message, a message that the governor wanted out there. And Florida State's administration, uh, President Thrasher, FSU's president, was right there hand in hand with him. And I think some of the things said there from those two, not necessarily even Mike Norvell, but just some of the things that were said from those two piqued the interest of some of the players. So I think this has been bubbling for a couple of days. And it was a kind of a result of that roundtable press conference and some of the things that were said there. What was what was said? Like, do we want you to play or, you know, we feel good about COVID? Yeah, I think the confidence that they were speaking about some of the protocols and maybe even some of the protocols were called into question. Maybe some of the frequency in which the protocols were being enacted. Maybe the players took up some umbrage with that. I'm not quite sure what Warren Thompson was speaking to, but just kind of connecting some of the dots over the last couple of days. Um, I think maybe some of the wording from that round table got under some of the skin of the players because maybe they don't see that actually happening right now. I just want to get your opinion on this. Uh, I think it's the last question I, I probably have for you. I, college football programs have taken this in different routes, but you see some schools are reporting in real time how many positive cases they have. Other schools aren't doing that. I believe Florida State falls into the the not reporting the numbers. Correct? correct. Yes, correct. Yeah. Do you, like do you have a personal opinion on like how this should be done? I know HIPAA HIPAA laws uh, preclude you to say, hey, like blah 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 has COVID such and such. Like I think it'll be it'll be pretty obvious in the next month during practices. Saw this at Clemson. Like two receivers were out for you know quote unquote protocol. But I I, I sense that college football programs are going to try to stifle any sort of COVID news. Like, right. Like, especially with the way I think social media has taken to that news the last few weeks or months, like you get two positive cases, which in a percentage is like pretty good stuff, but Mm -hmm. like you still get two positive cases and you put that out there in a statement and, and some people sort of have a field day with it. Do you have, you have an opinion like on how we should be doing this or if there's a, a right or a wrong way to go about it, Josh? Yeah, Notre Dame put out a a statement on Thursday, and I think that should be kind of the guidelines for how this can be reported on from the team from the team side. I'll just read it real quick. It says a total of 117 Notre Dame football student athletes received COVID-19 testing on Monday, August 10th. Of those, 117 two tested positive. It goes on to say of the two student athletes who tested positive, one was mildly symptomatic, the other was asymptomatic. Both players are in isolation and their parents have been informed. Furthermore, through contact tracing, seven student athletes are in quarantine, all of whom are asymptomatic at this time. Hmm. And it, you know, it gives a little bit more detail, but as you can see, there's a way to keep, because you're not only informing fans, Trey, this is also a community that these schools are in, right? I mean, some of these college towns, especially like Tallahassee, you kind of you you deserve to know what's happening in your community as well. So I think simple details like what Notre Dame did, uh, 
it falls in line with HIPAA guidelines and it keeps everybody uh, abreast of what's actually happening. It's always good to have you on, Josh. Hopefully the next time it won't be some sort of Mike Norvell trauma and we'll have like some actual Florida State football. Um, because yeah, you seem to only only invite me on for the TMZ style pods. It's our, uh, our text message chain is like, Last, it's just kind of funny to look at. It's all, it's all bad news. I come out when bad stuff starts happening in Tallahassee. Thank you, Josh. All right, thanks, Tracy. Thanks again to Josh Newberg. You can find him at Josh Newberg two four seven on Twitter. He's an entertaining follow. Tweets a lot about Florida State. Also has some some food stuff he tweets about. I believe he's a a cool guy to talk to. Uh, he's uh, one of the three great reporters at the, our Florida State Knowles 24-7 site, along with Brendan Sinone and Chris Nee, and they do a great podcast, the On the Bench, of Florida State football podcast. If you're interested in hearing more about this story, go check out their feed. Uh, Thursday's episode was an hour long, hour plus. I can't imagine doing that sort of length. And the, the last 20 minutes was a real-time reaction to this, this Florida State drama. So I, I found it pretty interesting. Anyway, that'll do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. I'm sure by the next time I talk to you all on Monday, we'll have some big news to report. Although, fingers crossed in the most hopeful fashion that this upcoming weekend is not as dark of a news weekend as last one was. So thanks again to our producer, Tony Levitt. He's doing a great job. Leave us a five-star rating if you want to. Talk to you all later.